Welcome back to DMnastics, the gym for dungeon masters to work out their minds. I'm one of your hosts, DM Neil, a.k.a. Jote Maniac. And it's me, Celeste, your other host, a.k.a. DM Sewage. Fear not, dear listener, she survived the con crud. She is back. We actually don't think it was from the con. It's a mystery, but... It's a mystery. Uh, Quarantine two weeks, and then got sick. How it happened? I don't know. (laughs) Celeste, the only way that I could find a replacement was to find three other people for the oh previous episode. Oh no, my God. It came as a, it Good. came okay, as a Okay, so they all added up to make one. Yeah. I'll take yes. that as a compliment. It was, it was a package deal. It was great. Fantastic. Three people stacked in a trench coat, I'm assuming. Oh my gosh, that would have been amazing. Mm. But mm. today, <laughs> I forgot that that's what I named it. So today we have, we're going back to the forums. So I have invariably tried to get the forums to revive, that's difficult. People don't like forums. So what we've been doing instead is trying to revive forums inside of a tinier window called Discord. That's what it is. You cannot actually convince me of anything else. Yeah, it's It's basically just a Discord slash I am chat, right? Yeah. So you know what Discord decided to do? They added a forum function inside of Discord. Oh, heck yeah. So I started posting the exercises there. So check the show notes. Uh, we have a hi- we have a listed hyperlink called DMB Banter. So that's the that's the link for the Discord. If you ever find that it's not working, try and find us on social media. Let us know. We'll update the link. Um, but that way, it's not one of those Discord links that invariably just doesn't work because someone made a new one. Blah blah blah. So it's hyperlinked. You should be good. But this one is not quite there. But the next one will be. But this one is entitled "We've Been." Bamboozled. <gasps> bamboozled. Bamboozled. Bamboozled is from. Oh my gosh. This is because my wife watches Friends too much. There's an episode of Friends where Joey is trying to audition to become a game yes, show. Yes, it's the name of so a game Ross, show. He has Ross and Chandler sit down to like go through it. They're very reluctant. And by the end, they all love the game. It's the most overly complicated game show you've ever heard of. Um, (laughs) It uh, makes me think of when in Parks and Rec, uh, the Cones of Dunsparce comes up like that level. Um, And it's called Bamboozled. So there, there you go. And yes, I've, I will not tell you how much I know about friends. So what do we have for today's exercise? Yeah, so today we are looking at uh, false religions. Uh, So basically, yeah, sitting down and talking about false religions and a fantasy setting. So kind of the role they play in the world. So I'm assuming this is pretty much about religions that are, uh, there's some core lie uh, at the heart of them. They're not necessarily connected to true gods or anything of that nature and how they can play a role in your fantasy worlds. Yes. And I think it's a really interesting element because especially when you add them to the world, any D&D TTRPG world, it's always interesting how religions work because the fairly active role that the deities play in these worlds, I mean, to the point where like they have direct connections, be it with the player or NPC. Yeah, you can literally commune with a fifth level spell, you know, that sort of direct involvement. Yeah, like the whole storyline behind the first couple of Baldur's Gates is the fact that you are Ball Spawn, so your parent is a deity. So, they and it's also really interesting having that touch point, but then also being like, okay, so then how do we form religions around those? And in some ways, I think it makes it really easy to lie about it because then you can just say, oh, yes, this thing really happened. And it's yeah. easier to believe because 
they were all walking around, you know, a hundred years ago. Sure, could. And also in worlds where you have lots of magic, you can do a lot more to deceive people or make things seem real or, you know, why not? Like an archmage is basically a god, like when we think of what they can do and the kind of stuff uh, people can get away with. So I want to, I think, well, I think because of how big the conversation will be, if you're with me, I think we should highlight the one from Wizard Ophus. Dofaus, Wizard yes. Dofaus, very cool. Who has an amazing picture, avatar? By picture. the way, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like this red dragon with the cool wizard hat that's purple with stars. It's Do really you, great. Please, please read. Please read aloud their favorite class and race. Oh yes, favorite D and D class, Cobalt. Favorite D and D race, Cobalt. You're my favorite. <laughs> As Done. a Cobalt press you representative, win. you're my favorite. So the first question we had was, is it superstition or is it intentionality? Is someone believing something happened that maybe didn't actually happen? Or are they going into this sort of situation knowing that it's a lie? Um, and so the the answer to that is basically both. And you'll, you'll see why soon enough. But the, and number two is what part of the religion oh. is false or is it the whole thing? And it's the whole thing. So number th number three, the question is, what do they believe? In an area of the world where it's usually snow, ice, whatever, the people believe in a god of ice and snow, referred to as the Borgo Lord. And it's actually because there's a camp of frost giants who live in the mountains and claim that they can, you know, raid the lands be before severe weather issues, saying, of course, you know, the god told them to. The surrounded populace has learned that taking offerings into the mountains waylaid some raids, these suspicions. So basically... It's it's a very hard place to live, and the frost giants are working with this superstition to basically get what they want. And like you said, using so number four is who is leading the false religion. So uh, Berga, the chieftain of the Rhymefoot clan, she heard a voice in the sleet, and essentially these things happen. But it's going back to like you know once you reach a certain power level. Storm Giants being, you know, one of the, the highest in the ordining. The fact that I remember that makes me proud. Do I remember which <laughs> order it is? No, don't talk about it. Um, but the idea that once you're that powerful, the fact that you can live at the highest peaks of the mountains, as well as like deepest depths of the sea and survive at all. Like you have enough power to say, oh, these storms are coming. Don't do X, Y and Z for the next three days because of these storms. And lo and behold, the storms happen according. I mean, I'd immediately assume you have magical powers because I watch the oh, weather yeah. channel and it does nothing for me almost ever. Yeah. Yeah. You look at it, you're like, that's wrong. But when you're actually at the top of the mountain and you know when this is coming and you have some power to control weather as well, like, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, that seems pretty convincing. Yep. So then leveraging that and then being able to build that superstition over time as well. I mean, because really, if you think about like accurately predicting the weather long before any of the modern technology that we have, you managed to do that a few times. It's really convincing. Especially if you're already in an Arctic and like cold, unforgiving climate, like having that kind of information can actually be the difference between life and death. What are the goals of the religion and its leaders? Yeah, so uh, so we we learned a little bit about Burga, chieftain of the Rhymefoot clan, who's kind of leading the show. 
And basically, yeah, her goal is to remain in charge and explain, expand the clans uh, in the area. But um, of course, the goal is the trouble is convincing all these other giants to really buy in, right? And like, not just constantly raid the people around, but time it appropriately so that people can buy into this this religion, this prophecy all over the place, right? So that's kind of the goal of it. Her goal as the leader is like, all right, get everybody else, get all the other giants in on this. So these puny little mortals uh, can actually start, you know, selling the lie and then we can just get away with stuff. I like it. I mean, why not? I mean, once it, once it works once, I mean, we got to start making it work everywhere. Come on. Yeah, bring in more people on the con. You gotta get this going, right? So the final one, which is as we often do, is you do you. This is the this is the reveal where the Boreal Lord ends up being an ice elemental, hiding inside of that <gasps> that original Ooh. sleet and convincing Berga that there it is their god that they are communing back and forth, and so it is the goal. Oh. So it is the goal of this uh, Fractilla. Is the name basically to expand their? That's a good yeah, name for an ice to expand elemental. Their domain because <laughs> good name. if you think about it, like there is, there are just natural limits on the domain that an ice elemental could have on the material plane. So why not work towards making that more and more and more? Yeah, because I feel like at that point, you know, at that point, this is written written well and in a way that you could start to do those same things in different areas. Cause I could, I could change f- fire to ice or ice to fire and instantly have it be that, you know, they go to this volcano and they, Oh, volcanoes are erupting. Right. You know, that kind of like, Oh no, everybody run. Right. Like there we go. Well, thank you. Wizard, 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 dofus, wizard, dofus. My confidence level is an all, it's an all time low. Wizard, dofus. Thank you. With your very cool avatar. Cobalt love, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I feel like environmental issues are like a really good way to like center kind of a false religion, right? Because there's something that fr- threatens a lot of people on a great scale. So obviously seeking comfort in something that feels like it could rival the scale of that is like a really compelling basis, either for superstition or like a true just falsehood, right? And your options are just, I mean, especially once you start engaging the PCs with this with this process, like the options, just yeah. the options and what you should do with those options just present themselves almost immediately. Because as soon as you start laying this kind of spotty framework behind something, they're just going to make assumptions, which that's what players do. Because, oh, yeah, not just I mean, I assume that you're not just lifting lifting the DM screen and they're seeing everything. So the second they start engaging with it they can start making, you know, making their own ideas. And as we are all want to do, just steal those. Those are the ones you want is whatever they come up with. And what's great is like whenever you have something like a false religion or, you know, a cult or any kind of lie that a lot of NPCs believe, but your players have to come in and deal with, it is actually really important to create like a real reason why these NPCs, you know, buy in to whatever this is, because then it actually becomes an issue that's centered in like, oh man, hey PCs, don't take this away from us because if we don't sacrifice, you know, our our things to our, this 
this deity, our crops will die. What are you doing? You're not a hero. You're the worst, right? So like really having something, something true at the heart of these false things is like really how you clinch them. Yeah, and having that rug that you can pull out because you don't know what level of somewhat symbiotic relationship could have been developed over time is that yeah. even solving that problem can create its own new ones. Right. Is that is do we really want to solve it? Is it really so bad what they have to do? Right. Like and judging that level of like what is too much uh, is is hard. But that means it's time to lift the mental weights. Lifting weights is what I do. Look at me. Lift these weights. Okay. Let's make a false religion. I'm excited because I know what I I know. So I don't know where this idea comes from. Mm. But I know what I'm inevitably going to push us towards. We're going to work backwards. Here we go. Here we go. Yes. So I can't remember if I had a if I had a PC do this or I had heard a story about a PC doing this. But essentially the rogue character in the party constantly would like tout this religion that they followed. But it was not real. It was something that they had dreamt up. They would do pamphlets. They would do, you know, discussions. They would do all these things only for it to become real because of the number of people that they convinced. And in turn, that level of faith behind this false religion inevitably mm. created a portfolio that was then available and a God like was then involved. Religion. Yeah. yeah. So it started yeah. out false and eventually yeah. became true because of how much clout it gained in the world. Yeah, and I'm well, I feel like too, that's that's always an interesting thing with like what's something that starts as a false religion because you do have things like warlock patrons, for instance. Like, is it really false if you know a warlock fiend steps up here and is like, hey guys, yeah, sure, I'm a god, whatever, work for me, and you get power, and then a bunch of people do. Is that patron really just a patron? Or is there like is that a religious thing? You know, like that kind of Sure. And I mean, the more and more people buy into it, because is it just a numbers difference? Like if you have a lot of people, are you a god now? You know, like what is the difference between a fiend warlock and like worshiping, you know, Beelzebub or whatever it is? I think it's a very fine line. I'm going to make a hilarious comparison and I hope the Internet does not destroy me. Um, so this is <laughs> this is equivalent and follow along, everyone. This is equi equivalent <laughs> To Taylor Swift. And I will say that because Tay-Tay <laughs> Tay -Tay, recently her era's tour is going to gross over $1.5 billion. Also, Jeez. when she had a concert in Seattle, it was so much movement. <laughs> it created a seismic event. That is the power of a god. <laughs> That is unquestionably Listen. the power <laughs> of a this god. Is oh, Saint Tay Tay. Um, I mean, but that, yeah. but that it, uh, it's wild. Man. At, its core, at its core, it's the same basic basic concept, and I, I, I'm using it as a very real analogy because, in the same way that when Ticketmaster got involved and basically illustrated by the power of her fan base that this was truly a monopoly and they had to go before our government in the u.s to explain themselves because of the power yeah. of the swifties well it's it's interesting because i mean this is actually in the venture Bain's campaign guide so like the basis of our world like that i use for my podcast and stream this is literally how it works this is how people become gods like to become like a sovereign fae 
enough fae just have to like you and believe you should be in charge and then you become in charge. Like that's, it's the power of will, like collective will actually decides what is true and like what shapes the world. So like this principle is, you know, not unfamiliar. We see it a lot in like, you know, look at like the old gods series, right? Or uh, wait, what am I thinking of? The the Neil Gaiman. The American gods? American gods. There it is. American gods. It's just the the whole the concept of like, oh, we look at gods from old mythology and they they die off, right? Because nobody believes them anymore. Like this this whole kind of interplay of faith and activity is kind of the root of this question. And you also think about the the power behind individual portfolios if you're looking at it that way, because yeah. I know Forgotten Realms has done it before where a god dies, their portfolio is available, and it usually gets pieced apart into other gods taking over those things. What I think about is like, okay, so if you look again, if we look at the real world, the difference between everyone using a horse and now everyone has a car. There was no deity to cars. I mean, literally, that's what car people I'm. I grew up in a very car heavy family. You talk about the car gods like when you, you when you refer to cars in our own world. But like the idea that prior to that, like that's just not something that existed. So if we're going back to that, the idea that I now have is this rogue talking about the divine dagger, where essentially, if you also look mm. at it, was there a deity to weapons? Was there a deity to war? But you've so you've so focused the idea and sold it so Narrowed heavy focus, yeah. that now there is truly eventually a deity of daggers and like the idea that that could work. And, you know, and it's super easy to draw. It's super easy to create symbols. It's super easy to carry. Everyone can yeah. carry a dagger and no one would be any the wiser. It's easy to show in the world, right? Like you already have like people who make weapons, daggers like already can be involved, right? Like it's a really great and easy sell, I feel like in a medieval fantasy world. So heck yeah. Because you can, I mean, you also have the, you have the people that that latch onto it practically where you have your weaponsmith who say, mm -hmm. oh, I'm just going to make a whole bunch of daggers. It's, it's going like gangbusters and it, they don't care. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm. Oh, I mean, buy my daggers because I'm, you know, yeah. I believe in the god of daggers. My competitor down the street doesn't, so buy from me, you know. Yeah, and, or and I've been blessed by the divine, and then you know, do you have different? They, for, yeah, from there you have different sects who, oh no, no dagger should be thrown, or only no, every dagger should be thrown, and you can have these yeah. different pieces and parts that go out. Yeah, well, I make silver daggers. I'm I'm the sect of the silver dagger, right? And you're like, whoa, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, part of the religion is false or is it the whole thing? See, that's interesting because if initially it is the whole thing until it's not. Until it's not. Until it has enough power that people really believe in it. What was your What was your rogue trying to accomplish with the story? Oh, just chaos. Just oh, <laughs> pure chaos. Just yeah. But then that was, but that was the point of it was that chaos for chaos sake can only be so interesting at a table. Undeniably, you had yeah. someone come to mind. Dear listener, you thought of someone. Yes. That's OK. You yeah, don't have yeah. to say them out, their name out loud, but you thought of them. It's OK. Fight Club at the movie had to end for us to like it. Yeah. Just keep that in mind, you know. <laughs> but once but again, like looking back to like their presenting this so frequently that clearly it's something that this PC is interested in. Why not invest more 
into it, eventually making it so that it is true. Um, And I forget if it was, I think it was finding someone that believed before they had interacted with him. And Mm -hmm. then it's like, whoa, hold up. This guy, way bigger than me. uh Yeah. 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 And so that was kind of the, the start for like that next stage of the, of that part of the story was that, oh, wait, this has preceded me. I really don't know what to do right now, except no more. Like, I need to know more, obviously. Yeah, see, I think those are, like, probably the most innocent version of this, right? So I do feel like that really is, like, kind of a superstition, right? So much. I mean, it is intentionally, but when I think of, like, an intentional false religion, I think, like, a false prophet or something. Like, somebody wants oh, something, yeah. you know, from you. That That's what this religion is accomplishing. But, um... Yeah, so this dagger religion. Okay, so what do they believe? So that that's a tough one. I can't remember. Like, I really can't remember what the goal of belief was, but I, I wonder if there is security. There's, I mean, because I think of like, well, and this is not, this can get to the darker side of this whole conversation of like, well, mm-hmm. what would I try and sell it as if I was trying yeah. to just bamboozle people? Um, and, I, and I think there are practical versions of selling the idea that everyone should own a dagger to keep themselves yeah. safe to have, or just the practical effect. Like, you know, I, I have a knife that I carry around every day simply because I need knives. Is it to cut open a box? Is it to pry something open? Is it to, is it the one you keep in your car that has the thing that can cut a seatbelt and break a window? Out of the very rare chance that I would find myself in a water-based scenario and need to get out yeah. of my car. I don't yeah. know, but there's there's a lot of virtue. Oh, and that's how you sell more knives. That's how you yeah. sell more daggers. No, I totally thought thought of this from a merchant angle. Like this is yeah. this is something invented by weapon merchants to sell more of a thing. Absolutely. Like, you know, the promise, like, if you have one of our blessed daggers on your person. Like, you will be protected from this. Like, our daggers will work against any of the monsters in this world, right? You know, like, okay, like, sometimes a sword can't do nothing against a ghost, but our daggers, like, you know, that that kind of supernatural, almost like wearing garlic, right? Sure, that'll protect you, probably. You know, salt outside your door, whatever. Like, preying on the fear of people, uh, the superstition of carrying this dagger always on you, and also being able to probably trust anyone who has you know, one of the daggers, I feel like that's, that's something too that you could buy into, right? So it might even be like Thieves Guild want to get involved in this, right? Like you are of a special rank or have special status if you have one of these daggers on your person, right? I also think of like the counter to that is, oh, this dagger should work against a ghost. Oh, it didn't. It's because you didn't believe. It's you not because believe. I made a bad dagger. Yeah. It's your faith wasn't strong enough. Because I heard a story, you know, the scripture says, like, this dude with a dagger, right? I also think of, like, the pomp and circumstance that comes behind, like, creating one of these daggers, you know, that is, air quote, false. But that first time it works, you you have to have your, if this is, you know, if you're walking... If you're walking that same road and this is something a PC has created, you have to have them there for that first time. It really works. And then that, like, that it's an actual magical dagger. This is like the Bible in the breast pocket thing, right? You have the dagger there and they were going to get shot with like an arrow or something and it shatters against the dagger that they had on their waist or whatever. And you're like, see, oh my God. Amazing. (laughs) Yep. 
this is how you sell more daggers. This is like either a merchant thing or like a thieves guild thing, I feel like, to sell these daggers. So I think the the original goal, and, and, and especially in the framing that we've placed on it, I think was just to make money. Because essentially, once you get it there, you're validating that process for that weapons merchant. And then you're taking a funny, funny play on words. You're taking a cut of those profits on all of the dagger sales. Yes. Yes. So then you essentially like you just have this wider and wider market that you're working off of. Yep. Good. Okay. You do you. I mean. Oh, man. There've got to be like some cool, cool ranks of daggers, right? Like. If you just have general daggers out there, I also, so you do you, I think maybe there's like a special sect or like group of merchants that have looked at this and been like, ah, here's the way. And they make like cool daggers out of monster parts that give like some kind of blessing. So it's like your dragon bone dagger means something like, right. It gives you some kind of special protection or, you know, divine influence somehow over dragons or right. Like this is carved from an Umber Hulk carapace. So like, this is going to protect you in the underdark, you know, that kind of niche stuff. Okay. So, so here's my thought with that. First off, love it. What if the blade of the dagger is identical like that's that's mm, how you know someone thing. is truly following there's yeah. like it's you know a certain length a certain width like the the you know the cut of it made by this certain company this is your cut code <laughs> yeah but but after that everything that happens with like the pommel and the handle is fair game yeah every like so that's how you make it uniquely yours that's how you can imbue different attributes that's how you customize it that's how you do your rank, right? You add gems, like, based on, you know, your rank or whatever it is. Yeah. Cool. But nothing can be different about the blade. The blade is the same 100% of the time. So it's universally recognizable. And that makes it even better, because if that specific kind of steel or whatever is a trade secret of a specific merchant guild, here we go. We've got that. You know, it's like the people who make the holy wafers, right? Like, at church, like... There are only a few companies that do this or like, you know, the kosher approved company, right? It's like when you have that monopoly, that helps. This is the way. It's best car. That's the way. This is the way. Your best car. <laughs> this is how the Mandalorians yep, done. win. <laughs> done. We've done it. We've made a Mandalorian religion. It's done. We got to move on. Yep. We solved it. Okay, we've done it. <laughs> Episode done. So if you, if you love this and you want to leave us a rating or review... If you believe in the God of Daggers. <laughs> yeah, the the Divine Dagger. Head over to Apple Podcasts, your podcatcher of choice. Apparently no longer Stitcher. That's a thing that I heard recently. I guess they're folding. Yeah, make sure to leave us a podcast rating and review. Please, please do that. Uh, also, if you liked this, um, you can always tell us. You can email us at dmnastics at gmail.com. Or as long as Twitter is there, uh, follow us on Twitter at DMs underscore block. Uh, and to keep up with Neil, follow him at Jotemaniac and me at C. Conowich. For everything else on the network, you can check out blockpartypodcastnetwork.com. So a huge thank you to the Bards over on Bombarded for intro and outro music. You can check out everything they're doing at bombardedcast.com. Let's head to the post-workout cooldown and stretch with the light bulb. <laughs> Light ball. Celeste, you have a quest for me. 
I do. I have a quest, a quest for you. Yes. So I want to talk about something. It's not like entirely TTRPG focused, but it's very adjacent. Uh, and it's something I've recently gotten into. Uh, it's called the Heroes. The Heroes Journal is like the main company that makes this. But specifically what I want to talk about is the side quest deck that I actually just recently picked up. So the Heroes Journal is this really cool like project that launched on Kickstarter a while ago. Now it's like officially out and full flung. And it's basically like a journal, either in digital or physical form, that kind of helps you plan your life in general and themes everything as like a fantasy quest, right? So like all the way through, they have, you know, quotes from like Lord of the Rings or, you know, all all the different franchises, right? Like Neil Gaiman stuff. And it's talking about getting things done as if you were on a heroic quest. And specifically, I just picked up the Heroes Journal side quest deck. And what's really fun about this is just like a 52 card deck that basically you draw one card every day and it gives you a side quest. Um, So something to do to kind of mix up your routine or, you know, improve yourself or just try something different. Um, So I've I've gotten a lot of joy out of this in recent days. So I just wanted to kind of share it. Um, I'm going to flip one right now. Um, They have things that are like, oh, just do 15 minutes of yoga. And then there's like a Yoda quote on here, do or do not, there is no try, right? And they all have like cute fantasy art and like, there's just a lot of cool stuff, like learn a new word and use it in a sentence. So it's just challenging you to do a side quest every day with all these fun little like fantasy quotes and just, it does kind of make me feel heroic seeing like the cute art of knights and dragons and stuff and these little inspirational quotes. So I just kind of wanted to share that. I like it. Like you said, so there's, I, I found it online. There's basically, there's three versions. There's more of a and d focused one, more mm-hmm. of what I am going to wager is probably some Harry Potter vibes, which is the Historia Magic Academy. Then there's the Legend of Historia, which is the D&D one. Then there's the Galaxy of Historia, which is going to yeah, have more sci-fi. of a sci-fi event. And the, yeah, then you have associated journals, but you can certainly buy the individual decks. And the one thing that I thought about for me is that I have a tendency because I've worked IT and desk jobs for the entirety of my professional career. Yeah. I can sit down and live at a desk. That is not a good way. I mean, to even to the point of my own detriment where I perpetually will be less and less effective the mm-hmm. longer and longer that I stay at that desk. I feel like I'm getting more done because I'm staying there, but inevitably my ability to produce is abysmal uh, by the yeah. end of the day if I don't get up and do something. I could easily set like a one hour timer, boom, every hour, pull something, do whatever it says. I get the idea, like the productivity. Yeah, it's it's just something that it's probably good for you, but isn't going to take a long time and something to, you know, shake things up. So, I mean, this one is like light a candle or create a relaxing aroma in your space. Like what an easy thing to do, you know, go out, get a nice like smelly thing for your desk or, you know, just in your house light a candle. How often do you think to light those really nice candles that you have? Like, and just enjoy that. They're just like nice little reminders. And I love the side quest like style. Cause I'm that person in video games who like always wants my side quest deck, you know, like oh, I gotta clear that log. Uh, so it's very appealing yeah. to me to like flip one of these, you know, at the beginning of my day and then think during the day, like when, when I can take that opportunity to do that, to take a break and mix things up. And of course, I love that it's themed towards big old nerds like me um, with the art and like seeing, you know, 
little Bilbo quotes are like from Neil Gaiman. There's one, a quote from the old man in Legend of Zelda. Like these, these little things that just totally brighten my day and speak to me as a big old nerd who needs to get stuff done. And as always, there will be a link to the show, link to the show notes. Probably not, but there will be a link in the show notes where you can go (laughs) check out these for yourself. Yeah, the Hero's Quest side deck. Get one. But with that, we'll turn out the lights and head out of the gym. But before we go, I want to implore you, the listener, to join us on the forums, the Discord, Twitter, and anywhere else you can find us to take part in these challenges, exercises, and other amazing conversations being had. To do that, head over to dungeonmasterblock.freeforums.net and try some gymnastics so your players don't ask, do you even live?